Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you so much praise and so much thanksgiving. You You are such a good God. You are kind and you are merciful. Father, right now, I feel that you have given me an instruction to pray over minds today. And there are many people who have spent years being tormented in their mind because of things that have happened to them. But we know that that is just the enemy who has come to steal, kill and destroy. For weeks now, we have been teaching about the authority of the believer. So we collectively come together and we speak to our minds and we command our minds to be sound now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we take authority over confusion. We take authority over the lies of the enemy. We take authority over anxiety, over depression, over oppression, over low self-esteem, over every lie of the wicked one. You said that if we keep our mind stayed on you, you would keep our mind in perfect peace. By faith, we release the peace of God into our partners. There may be some partners right now who are really struggling in this area, but you told us if any two would come together as touching and agreeing that you would be in the midst. You said that those of us who were strong shouldn't bear the, bear the infirmities of the weak. So we come together now and we begin to take authority over the minds of our partners and we declare your mind is free from torment. We command every form of torment to be broken off of your mind now in Jesus name. We command your mind to rest yes. and be at yes. We command the peace of God to abide over you in the name of Jesus. And Father, we just pray right now that you would release angel, angelic assistance to help them as they are taking authority over their mind, to help them close the door. Now, Holy Spirit, you said that you would be our teacher. The places that we need to close the doors, things that we don't need to watch anymore, conversations we don't need to entertain anymore, people we don't need to access anymore. Father, give us the wisdom to do that so we can live in this peace you have promised because we will not be a people who have authority but live tormented lives Mm -hmm. and so we take authority now and we give you praise for it now in Jesus name now I want you to lay your hand on your mind and I want you to begin to declare over your mind I have a sound mind I command my mind to line up now I command my mind to be whole I command my mind to be at peace. I command every tormenting spirit to leave me and I break covenant with anything that I came in covenant with that I gave torment access to me. My mind belongs to God. You must go now in Jesus name. Come on and give the Lord some praise. I want you to praise God in advance right now for the people. Send us your testimonies. I am declaring you are going to begin to sleep. I am going, I'm declaring your mind is not going to race. I am declaring that you are going to be at peace and that you are going to hear specific instructions about how to maintain the peace God is giving you. Amen. Amen. Listen, those of you who have received that, you ought to go ahead in the comment section right now and just make this declaration. Say, I have 
peace of mind. I have peace I of mind. I have peace of mind. I have Why? Peace because of mind. you have the mind of Christ. And if, and if people aren't being tormented in their minds in heaven, then you have the same power and authority to declare that that is what your reality is on the earth. Amen. That you have peace of mind. You are not tormented in your mind by thoughts of lack, by thoughts of, of guilt, by thoughts of heartache. None of that stuff. You have peace. Regret. Peace of mind. Peace Regret. Of mind. Anything that would come to torment you. And I love that you said that you break covenant with it. Yes. So that means that even if you did the thing, yes. you yourself, you messed up, you blew it, you did the thing that's causing you that, today we break covenant with today it. Today we break and covenant you with you have it. the mind of Christ. You have peace of mind. I love what Pastor Ralph and Pastor Chris both said. They said, my mind belongs to God. Mm -hmm. Here's what you need to do. Many of you, you may have given your life to Christ. Now it's time to give your mind back. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to give your mind back. Your mind, the Bible says, whatsoever things be of good report, whatsoever things be of pure and peace, think on those things. And so we really want to hear your testimonies. We know that there are a lot of people that are struggling with a lot of stuff, but we came to tell you that God has given you authority over that. And we want you to begin to stand in it. Here's a practical thing Pastor Edwin has taught us many times before, that words trump mm -hmm. thoughts. They do. Words trump thoughts. So when you begin to hear the devil, those those the, those accusing thoughts in your mind, those thoughts that tell you that you're never going to be free, those thoughts that tell you that your life isn't worth living, that you would be better off dead, even if you don't feel like it, because we don't live by how we feel. That's right. I need you to open your mouth and say, I have the mind of Christ. We've taught this many times. Why are we trying to get you to do this? Because that negative place in your mind, your brain is going there automatically. It's just running the route automatically. And, and, it, and it doesn't need you to help seed it. Yes. It doesn't need you to help, help help connect sowing seeds into the ground it's trying to till. And when you open your mouth and you say, I have the mind of Christ, you're doing two of the four things we're talking about. You're taming your tongue and your thoughts. You're taming your tongue and your you're taming both of those. And we think a thought, we release a chemical. So when you begin yep. to say, I have the mind of Christ, you're also taming your temperament, yep. right? And so I just really want to encourage you. You have the mind of Christ. I want you to begin and I, hear this. One more thing. You are not a failure. Hear what I'm saying? Because you have been tormented in your mind. Mm. You are not a failure because you have been tormented in your mind. So right now, I want you to cancel all of those accusing words that say to you, you should know better. You've been in church long enough. All of that stuff. What you want to say, no matter anything negative comes to you, is I have the mind of Christ and I have peace in my mind. I love what Chris said. Add that to your confession. I am stable in my mind. Mm -hmm. I am stable in my mind. All right. We love you. We're believing God for your testimonies. And I want you to know this. Every time, every time you take authority, even if you have to do it 300 times in a day to begin yep. with, you are winning. Yep. You are winning. You only are failing when you, when you, when you cease to do it. Yes. That's the only time failure comes when you cease to do it. The only time failure comes is when you cease to do it. And I want you to think about this because many of you... You, you beat yourselves up over what you don't know. And I want you to think about this. When a baby is learning to walk, we celebrate that baby, even when that baby is standing and rocking. If that baby stands and rocks and makes one step, 
we clap for them. Yep. I need you to learn how to clap for yourself. Every time you cast down a thought, every time you take joy, that you choose joy over torment, I need you to learn how to celebrate yourself because that will help you change your mind mm. and you have a right to change your mind. And that is, that that's what we've been talking about these yes. last couple of weeks. And so I'm glad you prayed that because we, we started off this series by even saying that we live in a world that if you're honest, it's crazy. Yes. It, it, it is, it is, it is a crazy world because we know it's a world that is being impacted greatly by sin. Yes. And as a result, we live in this crazy world and what we have to be careful of is not to get Caught up in the craziness, mm -hmm. we have to be we have to we have to be careful to do what the Bible says in Romans twelve one and two. We have to not be conformed to this world. Mm -hmm. We can't see all the craziness and just start to open our mouth and agree with it, to open our mind and to agree with it, mm -hmm. to open our heart and agree with it, to have people in our life who just agree with it. Because if we do, we will become what we behold in yes. the world. Yes. And so, what's important for us is to talk about this idea of how do we as believers then uh, navigate through this crazy world that we live in and not become part of. Mm -hmm. And we started off weeks ago by saying, hey, first of all, we've been given a power and authority from Jesus Christ. And we talked about how that power and authority got to us. But then the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about now that we have it, what do we do with what it? What do we do with What it? do we do with this power? What do we do with this authority that we have so that we can use it for the maximized results that we know Christ gave it to us for? Now, y'all ought to share this broadcast because I know you know someone who's struggling with their mind mm. right now. They're struggling with authority right now. I don't care how many times you shared it before. You have partners. We have covenant partners. Yeah. You don't see them live this morning. Yeah. You need to tag them. The truth of it is, is that you some of them are not here because they're struggling in their mind. They're not here. They're because literally they're not. They literally didn't have to wake up. They didn't have to get dressed. They didn't have to drive. They didn't have to feed the kids and do all that stuff to get here at a certain time. All they had to do was to click on and watch. But because they've been tormented in their mind all week, because they didn't do the things necessary that we've taught before, or maybe they didn't know to do, then when it's time to receive the word, the enemy brings something to them to distract them and they fall prey to it. And that's why the Bible says, be not ignorant of Satan's devices. We know that his main job is to stop us from receiving the word because if we receive the word, we can change our life. And I want to celebrate the people who have continued to show up even when they feel like they get beat up. Week. Even when you yep. feel like you're being beat up you're by winning. life, you are winning. And we have come into agreement with you that you would live in this authority and the thing that used to dominate you, you will dominate. And I see names of people here in this church. I won't tell their story. People who a year ago struggled with suicide. People with, who were two years ago didn't want to live, didn't know that they could make it. Everybody's heard Kristen's testimony. I am telling you if you will not let go of the word, the word will not let go of you and it will begin to produce in your life and we are standing with you. You just don't give up because we're not giving mm -hmm. up. So don't you give up. Mm -hmm. and, and so we started talking then last week uh, and we've covered two of our five points. Uh, and basically what we said for those who weren't here, you can go back, you can watch that broadcast. But we just started talking about this idea that we have been given power, yes. real power, real power and real authority. We gave some examples of what that authority looks like. And we said we've been given both the power to do something and the authority to do it because yes. you can have the power to do something and not the authority and make a real mess of some things. And so we have the, both the power and the authority given to us 
through the works of Jesus Christ so that we have the ability really to call those things that be not as though they are. Mm -hmm. We have the power and authority to use our tongue to frame our world. And that mm -hmm. was our first point. Yes. We talked about how important it is to use your words appropriately. And not just, not just using them appropriately from an intellectual sense, but really understanding what those words mean. Because what, when people, people have asked us and they've, you know, they said before, they said, man, when I watch y'all on, on Tuesday nights or Friday mornings, y'all be, y'all be praying scripture. And it sounds weird to people at first, but it's like, we don't have time to be praying anything other than God's word. Because the Bible tells us that that is what we're supposed to give back to God. We give God back, back his, his word. word. And when we give God back his word, not only does it uh, it remind us of what he said, it builds up our faith and his confidence about who he is. Yes. And then yes. the second thing we talked about after we talked about the power of our words, we talked about how we must own the responsibility. And you kind of talked about that this morning. We must own the responsibility of flipping the switch. Yes. We can't just sit back and say, well, I've been given power and authority. OK, now, God, you do it. When you did the pre-message before the message that you do when we drive to church, one of the things you said is that and you, you may have to phrase it the right way. You said God doesn't do for us what we can do for ourselves. He does what we can't do. That's he exactly does the, it. He, he does, does the, the impossible. impossible. And so then I've got to flip the switch on what I can do. And so if God has said, hey, I'm going to bless you with a job, my to-do in flipping the switch is to apply. To apply. It's to fix my resume. It's to make the contacts if I can. I got to do my part so then God comes alongside me and puts his super on my natural and he pushes me beyond where I could go by myself. So now we're talking about mine, mm -hmm. right? So when we're talking about in the context of managing my mind, I have to do the thing that I don't even feel like doing. Which means I got to make I, the I, confessions. I, yes, yes. I have to make the confessions even when I don't yes. feel like making yes. them. I have to get up and move my body even when I don't feel like moving my body. And I want you to think about it like this. There may be a day that you feel like you can't get out of bed and all you can do is start moving your toes. But if you move your toes and then say you going to swing your foot across the bed, you begin to train yourself to respond. And then what happens is that when you do that part, then the supernatural power of God will begin to come on you. We got to get out of the point, whether it's a job, whether it's money, whether it's our mind, whether it's our relationship, that we wait until we feel like it to do the word. Yeah. We have to do the word in season and out of season because one of the things that we've learned in all this time walking with God, you don't always feel like obeying God. Mm -hmm. You don't always feel, you don't feel like making confessions about wealth and prosperity when your account got $5 in yeah. it. You don't feel like declaring that your marriage is blessed when you and your husband can't hardly stand each other. You don't feel like it, but we don't live how by how we feel. And if we're going to flip the switch, we've got to learn to stop being led by how we feel and make our feelings agree with the word. And, and which gets us right then into what we want to pick up talking about today. We talked about using our tongue. We talked about owning the responsibility of flipping the switch, which then gets us to point number three mm. in this teaching, which is that when we are in Christ, Come and, on. and when we we know we are in Christ. We have to know that there is nothing that can overcome us. Yes. We have strength in him. 
Yeah. We have strength in him. So even using the example you just used about how if I'm laying in bed and I don't feel I can get out and depression is, is really struggle, is really hard for me that day. What can I do? What can I what do? can I do? Let's not focus on all the things I can. Can I can I can I swing my foot over the bed? You know, can I can I sit up? Can I not do the things that help me to stay in that place? Can I not then start thinking and rehearsing all of the bad things? Can I not start? And I know people, you know, say, well, I got to have a little wine or whatever. But, you know, alcohol is a depressant. Can I not give in to those things that help me stay in a bad space? We laugh about this all the time, right? Like, so even when we're walking sometimes, we're like, listen, when we're telling people not to smoke weed and we're telling people not to drink wine we are not saying that just from a religious standpoint they there's think, actually they, they nothing think, they think we are though they think we're saying that to them that oh pastor don't want me to smoke weed pastor don't want me to drink listen if you said the last thing you the last, need to do the last. is to smoke a drink they're depressants and i don't and I, I say this jokingly and i don't mean it so don't take it you that way it, but i'm, I'm gonna sure. say it the last thing you need to do is to smoke a drink if you're depressed you you need to take an upper, not a downer. Now you shouldn't take either one. You shouldn't take either one. But if you're going to do something, you got to work on your own behalf. You got to work on your own behalf. Be worse than what you were. So if I don't feel good and I had a bad day, the last thing the I last need to do thing. is come home and drink me drink a bottle of wine. The last thing I need to do is sit up and smoke some weed or eat a brownie or eat a gummy because it may seem like a temporary fix, but it's only training your body to go back into that yes. depressive state in order to get a high that really doesn't make you high. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I, I, lo I love what we're teaching. This is so good because here's the other thing that we've learned, which is why it's important to do what it is you can do. Right. How many times over the past 21 years have we not felt good, but we come to church and we get around the word yeah. and the, uh, the Bible says the anointing destroys yokes and removes burdens. So the enemy works so hard to get you to run from the word, to get you to run from prayer and to get you to run from praise and worship when you don't feel good because he knows that depression cannot sit on you when the anointing begins to move. Yep. And so many times we have not felt well. I went through a season in my life. You'll remember this when I used to have really bad allergies mm -hmm. after one of the kids, right? Mm -hmm. And literally the only place I could breathe would be when we would come together in corporate worship. And it was like, I wouldn't go miss church no matter what. I literally would be up to preach. Before I was getting ready to preach, I couldn't talk. I couldn't take a deep breath. I would get up and preach. And then the, I would be able to breathe free. There is power. Everybody tell your neighbor, say there's power in the anointing. Is. There is power in the anointing. So the enemy, he tries to get you to just lay there. He tries to get you to disconnect from the saints. He tries to get you to stop following the people on Facebook who have encouraging words and speak the word and go over there and start following the people who are complaining too. Why? Because he wants to continue to steal, kill, and destroy from you, right? We got to flip the switch, but we got to know with God, we can overcome. And how do we know we can overcome? Well, the Bible tells the us. The Bible tells us. And so. it's so important that people 
people don't understand when you hear these these positive affirmations, they're good. But again, like we said last week, they need to be rooted in something in the word. And here's what the Bible has to say about us overcoming in Luke chapter 10, verse 19 in the King James Version. He says, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. He's talking to his disciples. He says, and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Well, depression is considered that in, in, the, in, in that when he says nothing, nothing shall. So, so depression shall not hurt me. Lack shall not hurt me. Anything you can think of, it shall not That's prosper really against good. you. He literally says to his disciples, listen, I, I'm giving you the power. Power. I'm giving you. So when the power comes from Christ and you have it, he says, and I'm giving you the power to tread up on serpents and scorpions. He used those because they were in a desert place. Those were the things that could end their life. Those were the things that could kill them. He literally could have paraphrased it this way. Behold, I give you power and everything designed to kill you won't be able to touch you. Come on. That is what Luke 10, 19 says to me when I read it. And then in the New Living Translation, he says, look, he says, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and, and scorpions and you can crush them. Nothing's going to injure you. So while we may not be fighting snakes and scorpions and serpents in in the sense in the that, natural. that in the natural sense yes. we are in the spiritual sense but he says none of that stuff is going to harm you why would it not harm us because we know where the power and authority comes from and we're operating in that power and authority so how do we operate in that power and authority john chapter 15 in john chapter 15 verse 4 and 5 one of my favorite scriptures i just love it because it illustrates such a beautiful picture of what it means to be in christ he says abide in me he says and i in you he says as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide where? In me. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. He says, listen, the key to this, the key to what I just told you in Luke 10, 19, the key to, to nothing hurting you, nothing overcoming you. It's not you trying to work and do something in your own strength. He said, it is because you are abiding in me. And because I can't be defeated, you can't be defeated because you're in me. Now, if you get outside of me, defeat is possible. He says, in fact, you can't do nothing outside of me. I love this because it solidifies what we read in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 17 and 5, which is another one of my favorites. He basically says it like this. He says, cursed is the man who puts his trust or his faith in his own flesh. He says that man will end up being like a oven in the desert. Now, what use is that? He says, basically, if you put your trust in yourself, you're going to be as useless as having an oven in the middle of a desert. He said, in fact, he says, if you do that, he says, you're going to be cursed or empowered to fail. He said, you won't even be able to see when goodness comes your way. He says, but if you will flip the, flip the switch and you will do it the other way, he says, you will be empowered to prosper if you put your trust and your faith in God. 
He says, if you put your faith and your trust in God, he says, you'll be like a tree planted by a river who extends its branches and is green in every season. That word, when he says green in every season, it's synonymous with prosperity. He says, you'll be prosperous in every season. It doesn't matter if the economy is up or down, you will be prospering. He says, and when bad things come, he says, you won't even notice them. They won't even, all kinds of stuff will be going on crazy around you, but you won't even notice it because you'll be flourishing. That's good. Why? It's because of where you have your focus. Well, that's really good because in that chapter in Jeremiah 17, it says, cursed is the man who maketh his flesh his strength. Mm -hmm. So I want you to practically understand what that means. When you start depending on your willpower for your authority. Some yep. of you are frustrated because you're trying you're trying to will yourself into the next level financially. You're trying to will yourself in out of depression. Yep. You're trying to you and he says cursed is the man. What does that mean? Empowered to, to fail. If I try to get what God has for me in my own strength, I am going to fail. And even if I'm not doing anything immoral or illegal, come on. See, a lot of people think you got to do something immoral or illegal, and that's why you fail. Just doing it outside of God just is what it. failure is. Here's an example. That even made, if it looks like success. Even if it looks like success. Here's an example. We're talking about your authority, protecting your mind. That's the, one of the targets we're working on today, right? There are things that you can watch on TV that I cannot watch. Now, neither one of us watch horror films, right. but there are things you can watch. There are movies with intensity that you can watch that I cannot watch. I cannot watch them because of what happens to me when I sleep. Now, I remember, I think Chase helps in our sound, but I remember I, very early on, I knew that Chase was wired like I was. And I remember as a kid talking to my kids about not watching scary movies, even if their friends were watching it. And I believe it was Chase. It may have been Table. One of them snuck off and watched this scary movie, right? And then literally in the middle of the night, they was being tormented and had to run into our room, right? Here is an example about trusting your own strength. You think, oh, I can watch it because other people are watching it. I can do it because other people are doing. We've been married for almost 27 mm -hmm. years. There are so many times that if you say you're going to watch so-and-so movie, I say, I can't watch that. Why? Some of it is realizing that you can't be like everybody else, that your strength is going to come from doing the things that God told you to do. Yep. There are things you can't expose. If, if you know, just like we're telling you that if you have trouble with your mind, you don't need to be smoking and drinking. We're also telling you that if you have trouble with anxiety, you don't want to sit up and watch a bunch of scary movies. You don't want to sit up and watch a bunch of stuff about the police shooting people. Why? Not because you don't want to be informed, but because of the torment that it brings you. Wisdom is having the sense to say, God loves me so much. Now it goes right back to what you said last week, babe, when you said, when God tells us, no, it's not a loss. Yep. I had to learn that there are things that when God tells me not to watch them, when God tells me not to engage in the conversation, when God tells me not to go there, it's not a loss. It is him trying to keep me in perfect peace. Some of us end up in torment because we're trying to do what other people can do. Yep. And, and the reality of it is, 
Even in Jeremiah, when we was reading that, we didn't go down, but verse nine tells us our heart is deceitfully wicked. Come on. So what will happen is the enemy will try to speak to you and tell you that you can do something because or that you don't need to do it. You don't need to trust God for this. Or you got the ability and the intellect to do this. Why? Because he wants to push you in the direction so that you're now trusting on yourself. Because the Bible says in Jeremiah 17 and seven, it says, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and, and that and, word and connects something, connect something, and whose hope the Lord is. So, 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 so not only am I trusting in God, but me and God are in agreement with the thing that I'm going after. A lot of times, Ooh. so many people are going after things that God hasn't told them that was theirs. They say, I'm trusting God, but you can't just trust God. You got to trust God and have hope in the fact that what he has told you to go after is what he wants for you. I love that because this is why this is beautiful, right? So if you think about it, it says, like, let's say if you're looking for a job, yep. right? If you're looking for a job, your hope is not in who you know. Your hope is not in um, your education. You are now looking for a better job because God told you to look for a better mm -hmm. job. And he didn't have to hear me again. If you're underemployed, he doesn't have to speak to you and say, Edwin, right. get another job. Every time you can't pay them bills every month, that's how, that's right. him telling you that you need to get another job, right? right? But my hope is not in my resume. My hope is not in who I know. My hope is that in him, that he has already made provision for me. And when I show up, I'm going to be able to access that. The same thing is true from going to the doctor because I see a lot of believers who get cow get caught up in this. They feel like if they really had faith, that they would only get healed if they didn't have to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Understand this, whether he tells you to go on a fast or go see the doctor, your hope still has to be in him. Your hope can't be in the fast. Your hope can't be in the doctor. Your hope is that in doing what he told you to do, Trinika said it earlier, my strength comes from doing what he said. Yep. Many of us are weakening ourselves because we're trying to get the promises of God God, but we're not doing it his way. We keep relying on ourselves. We won't stay. We won't keep abiding. We won't keep abiding. Abiding means that we stay there no matter what. Stay. The, the, a branch on a tree doesn't decide I'm not high enough and tries to elevate itself higher. I don't like being this high and trying to move itself. The branch just abides where it is. It just abides where it is. And what we need to learn to do is to be in Christ and just abide in him. But you know, the reason a lot of people don't aren't able to abide, it goes back to what the Bible says. They don't have an anchor for their soul. Yes. And when we talk about our soul, we know we're not talking about our spirit, man. We're not talking about our physical body. We're talking about this thing right here. We're talking about the part of us that encompasses our mind, our will, our emotions, our imagination, intellect. and our intellect. We don't have enough word to anchor that. Yes. And because we don't have enough word to anchor our soul, that's why the Bible says that we end up being tossed to and fro like a ship in, in the sea that doesn't have an anchor. If you have an if 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 you will allow God's word to anchor you. Yes, storms are going to come. Mm -hmm. If you live in this world, you are not exempt to, to life's problems. You are not exempt to the issues of the world. The difference between you and others, though, is that you have an 
anchor for your soul. Your soul isn't tormented or thrown to the left or to the right by every obstacle that comes your way, by every um, transgression that appears before you as an opportunity to take. It's the same thing when the Bible talks about the two men who built their house. He says, both men built the house. He says, a storm came to both men. He says, but one house was totally destroyed, but one wasn't. Why? It had to do with the foundation it was built on. And he uses that example to talk about the foundation of the word. The foundation of the so word. So the thing we have to remember in point number three is that we have been designed and engineered to overcome. We win. We win. We win. In Christ, we win. But you got to get an out. When, when you were talking, I had two examples. You were talking about a body. We have an eight-month-old um, golden doodle named Maggie. And one of the, the commands she's been given is place. When we give her the command place, she is supposed to stay there until she is released from place. Mm -hmm. But because Maggie is still a puppy and Maggie is immature, Maggie will stay there sometimes and then she will get curious about something that something is happening. Grabs in the, her something grabs her attention and she leaves place. Yeah. And when she leaves place, she always ends up in trouble because she left place. So the question then is what is causing or who is causing you to leave place? Ooh, who is causing you to leave place? What is causing you to leave place? Is it your own desire for success? Is it your desire to please other people? What is causing you to leave place? Because Maggie gets distracted and then she comes out of place. Now, then when you were talking about the word, here is what I was and thinking. And then Maggie gets shocked. The Maggie gets shocked. Go back into place. Maggie Y'all should want to live your life having to be shocked to get back into place. No, real talk. <laughs> and many of you, that's what's happening you to you. You go out there and you the world go out you. there and you get shocked. And then you say, you say, why did God do this to me? <laughs> God did not do this to you. God told you to stay in place. God told you to stay in. Turn and tell your neighbor, say, champion, stay in place. Yep, stay champion, in place. stay, in, stay place. in place. And if and you don't know where place is, it's in Christ. It's, it's in, Christ. in his word. <laughs> and this is the thing we've had to learn. You do what God is telling you to do until he tells you to do something yep. different. Many of us, we go, it's not working. We see this with exercise and diet. Yep. Literally, it, it, you want to lose 20 pounds in seven days. And, and literally, after three days, because you didn't lose seven pounds, you think it's not working. But if you would stay in place, you would get the results. Yeah. The other example that I thought of when you were talking about word that most people don't realize this. I want y'all to hear me with, with from just hear me. If you love Jesus, you have to love the word. Yeah. And I see so many people who love church, who love singing, who love shouting who love fellowship, but you don't love the word. Which means you love the idea of Jesus. Which means you love the idea of Jesus. When you go and get your physical every year, they run a panel on you to see what you are deficient in. Mm -hmm. Are you deficient in the word? I'm going to tell you this. This is how you will know you are deficient in the word. When you are in a pressure situation, if you don't hear word coming up out of your heart, you are deficient in the word. If you can't stay in place. If you cannot <laughs> stay in place. In the word. You if you ought, you got to put so much word on the inside of you. And we talk to our kids about this all the time. And I need you to hear me. Many of you, you come from families. You got good praying mamas. You got good praying grandmamas. You got good praying daddies. But at some point, you will be required to live off of your own faith. 
You will not be able to live off of your parents' faith, your pastor's faith. You will be required to live off of your own faith. How does faith come? By hearing the word. So for many of you who've spent a lifetime suffering, a lifetime being victimized, this word that we're teaching about your authority, you're not just going to have to hear it in this in this series to change your life. This is this thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus. It's got to become the, the, the thing that's running through your soul that no matter what it looks like, you will win because that's what God said. Indeed. Indeed. Amen. Amen. What? Can we go to the next point? I, I didn't know you was done with your point. I'm done. Oh, okay. Well, my bad. Excuse me. D, our last point for today. Nope, we got E. Go ahead, though. Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. You look at the notes. Entry. <laughs> I did look at the notes. I only look at my point on the notes, though. I can't believe how you're trying to bust me out in front of these people. But I'm, I, it's many opportunities to be offended. I won't take it. Amen. I learned that from my pastor. All right, D, it says God will never go back on his promise of protection, deliverance, and healing. God never goes back on his promises of protection, deliverance, and healing. God never goes back. This is one of my favorite scriptures, Psalms 89 and 34. My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. That's what we can count on God for. He's a covenant is an irrevocable pledge, a promise or a vow between two parties to do what was agreed upon. God said he has given us authority, so he will never take back what he has already given us. Which is why we can be so confident yes. and so bold in making a declaration when God has said something to us. So when God says to us in December of 2019 um, that this is going to be the year of release and then in uh, oh, oh, you mean 2020. I mean, 2020 in 2020 and then and then and, and we've been through a whole pandemic that whole year. And now we're talking about this is going to be the year of release. We can say that boldly and with confidence. You know, when God in 2019, when God told us going into 2020 that it was going to be a year of great harvest. Well, we could have backed off of that in in February or March when the pandemic hit and we got ready to shut everything down. But we didn't. We kept declaring that it was going to be a season or the year of great harvest. And it was the best year for many people in the ministry they had ever seen. Why? Because what is going on does not trump what God has said. Yes. What is going on doesn't Ooh, trump what good. God has said. That's good. And you you gotta grow up to the point that you don't back off because of pressure. Mm -hmm. The enemies go bring you some pressure. Now you you gotta decide. You can bring all the pressure you want to. I won't back up off yep. of what God said. Yeah. And this can be challenging, especially if you don't discipline your mind. Right? It's like what this is why we say. What's our favorite thing to say, guys? What did God say? Why do I want to know what God said? Because what God said is what I'm going to use to put pressure on the pressure. Mm -hmm. Pastor Edwin and I talk about this all the time. This is one of this is when I knew that we could spend the rest of our lives. Yeah, me too. This, this right moment right here. You want to tell it? You, you want me to tell it? Okay. We got this thing called stalk the stalker, and we talk about how if someone was stalking us. This is actually true for me. Someone did stalk me, and so I stalked my stalker, right? If you stalk me, I'm not going to run from you. You're going to be looking for me, and while you looking for me, I'm going to be looking at you. And one of the things that we have had to learn is that if you want to live in victory, you have to learn to stalk the stalker. 
Here is what I'm meaning. I mean, you don't wait on the enemy to show up and pressure you. You start pressure. You start releasing pressure before he ever shows up with pressure. You got to learn to have so much fortitude. You have to learn to be so relentless that even if he sucker punches you while you still on the ground, you confessing the word about how you're going to give up. You can't do that if you don't have word on the inside mm-hmm. of you. But I remember early on where we dating and you were, we were talking about what we would do if somebody was stalking us. And we was like, man, they would be looking in our house and we'd be looking in the bushes, looking at them, looking in our house. And I was like, yep, this is my dude. I can do life with him. Many of you, you're being tormented by the enemy. Here's what I mean. You wait till you're sick to pull out healing scriptures. Mm-hmm. You wait till you're broke to pull out um, confession scriptures. You wait till you down to your last five dollars to sow something no we stalk the stalker we put the pressure on before you put the pressure Mm -hmm. on yes now it says his covenant he's not gonna break then hebrews 1 and 3 says who being the brightness of his glory the express image of his person upholding all things by the word of his power he upholds everything all things by the word by the word of his power So if you don't know the word, you don't have no power. Mm. He upholds everything by the word of his power. Mm -hmm. So literally it means the moment that God reveals to you that you have power over something, that word contains the power to give you dominion over the thing that's tormenting you. Not your ability. Not your ability. The word, the fact that God said you could do it, it qualified you above all qualifications to do what he said you could do. So when he says, hey, you're healed, when he says you're blessed, when he says you're prosperous, when he says your marriage can be turned around, when he says your kids are going to be saved, whatever God promises, he has the ability in himself to uphold that word. So when I am confessing his word, I am not confessing it based on my own flesh, based on my own strength, my own abilities. I am saying it because the person who told me has the inability to fail. The inability to fail, man, that he just cannot fail. God has given us his authority. Man, listen, you didn't you didn't use my favorite scripture here, but we you gotta use Hebrews 6 over here. It says, because when God could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. The way reason I can trust the word of God is because God can't lie. Everybody tell your neighbor, say, God cannot lie. That means that literally in the natural, you may look like you don't have the ability to do it. But the moment that God said you have the ability to do it, guess what just happened? Ability was released Mm -hmm. to you. It may look like it's no cure for what you have. But the moment God said you're healed, guess what just happened? A cure just was found. You need to understand that God does not lie. Mm -hmm. Hebrews tells us, it says, um, I got my papers out of order. Hold on a second. Be patient with me. It says, therefore, we ought, Hebrews 2 and 1, it says, therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest we should let them slip. This is why it is crucial. That's what the passion said. We spent weeks on this. This is why it is crucial that we should be all the more engaged and attentive to the truths that we have heard so we do not drift off course. Let me ask you a question so you can reflect on yourself. When the pressure gets on, what do you give your attention to? That's a good question. When the pressure gets on, what do you give your attention to? 
When the pressure gets on, when the money looks funny, when the kids act crazy, when the boss is acting a fool, when the dog won't do right, when the pressure gets on, what do you give your attention to? The Bible says when the pressure gets on, what we need to do is we press in and become all the more diligent on what God has said about us. Why? Because he doesn't alter the thing that came out of his mouth right. and he cannot lie. Mm-hmm. Everybody say it again. God cannot God lie. Cannot God lie. cannot he lie. Cannot. God cannot lie. He cannot lie. He cannot lie. We must not forget God's word concerning total life prosperity. In the midst of a situation, we have authority on this planet. We I've do. been thinking about this um, for In the past the couple of weeks. In the middle of a situation, we still have authority. Is that many of us, we don't really believe that we have the right to have all of the goodness of God. Mm. And that is because many of us have grown up hearing things like if it ain't one thing, it's another. Mm. You can't have everything. You should be thankful for what you have. So when you begin to go after total life prosperity, you have to pay attention to the fear that tries to come up that says, if we have a good marriage, we can not also have money. If we have money, we can not also have a good relationship with our kids. If we have those three things, we can not always have health. And what it does is that it causes you to drift off course and it causes you to begin to manage things that God has caused to give you freedom off of. You have to dig up all of that stuff you heard growing up that says, I have a right to have everything God says I can have. And listen, this is really going to mess you up. And me having it, I don't have to feel guilty because you don't have it. Because me having it isn't taking it from you. Mm -hmm. God has that same thing for you. If I choose to go after total life prosperity because that's what God promised me and we both started out broke and you won't participate in the process and you still broke, I don't have to feel guilty about that. We tell this story all the time. Years ago, there were several of us who all got married young and some of us was really crazy in our marriages. Mm -hmm. And when we made a decision to change our marriage, many of those people didn't make a decision to change their marriage. It wasn't that they couldn't have changed their marriage. It's that they were unwilling to do the work. Now, we're not going to sit over here and minimize what God has done in our marriage because they might feel bad. It was available for them, too. These promises of God are available for everybody. This power is available for everybody. This authority is available for everybody. But you have got to do your part. You got to do your part. You got to do your part. Part of doing your part is understanding what your part is. Yes. And that's why we've been talking about using your tongue. Right. It's why we've been talking about owning up to the responsibility of what your part is to do, right? Yes. And then the last thing we're going to talk about today then is this idea that the way we use this power, the way we use this authority is we use it by activating our faith. Our faith. We got to activate our faith. One of the things that I say all the time is that expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. Mm-hmm. Expectation mm-hmm. is the breeding ground for miracles. When you begin to expect certain things, and I know people don't like to talk about it because they think it's secular humanistic and all these other things. But the reality of it is when you point your mind in a direction, that is how 
all your energy sources. That's how everything in the world starts to gravitate you toward that. It just does. And so if you're being negative, negative things get attracted to you. But if you learn to be positive, more positive things get, get, get attracted to you. Now, what we're saying is, hey, don't just be positive. We're saying be in faith. Be in faith. Get the word on the positivity that has been promised. You know, people get so worked up about that, but people understand that. If you ever went and bought a gray Camry, and you, yeah. the, you, you, when you got on the lot, you like, I ain't never seen nobody with a gray Camry. You get off the lot and you see 35 gray Camrys in the next week. Why? Because you focused on it and now your attention is there for That's not a complicated thing to uh, understand. It is religion that makes people sit in there and be like, well, I don't attract. No, you do attract stuff. You do attract stuff. And if you focus on the negative, that's what you're going to see. If you focus on what you don't have, you're going to have more lack. If you focus on the goodness of God, you're going to see it everywhere. And you may not like it because secular humanists also talk about it, but them also talking about it don't mean God didn't say it first. It did, thank you. Didn't mean that God didn't say it first. That they got it from here. They got it from here. And the truth of the matter is when you learn to activate your faith, then this power and this authority that's been made available to you becomes something you can use at any time. At any time. It doesn't have to, you don't have to wait till you're in some dire circumstance in order to activate this power and authority. Yes. You know, you can literally walk and live in this power and this authority every single day. Every single life. day. And so, you know, the thing that I want us to just make sure that we're understanding as we as we close out for today is that we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to play. We can activate this power and this authority and we can get maximized results in our life if we're willing to do the work. Yes. And the work is not difficult. It's just that we got to be consistent what it is. We got to be, be consistent in making sure that we're using our tongue the right way. We got to make sure that we are consistent in owning the responsibility that I'm doing my part. We got to make sure that we are activating our faith. We got to make sure that we are, are understanding where this power and authority comes from. And as a result of it, whatever God promises, he can't lie. Mm -hmm. So because he can't, can't lie, lie, I can be bold in my declaration of it. I can be bold in my belief because God can't lie. Then it doesn't matter what the circumstances circumstances are currently looking like, I know what it's going to be like on the end. It's one of my favorite stories when Jesus says to his disciples, he says, hey, get in the boat and let's go to the other side. The Bible says that Jesus gets in the boat and Jesus takes a nap. He's literally down, downstairs sleeping on a pillow. And they say that the, the wind and everything got the blowing so bad that the men was, now watch this, they're throwing their possessions overboard. They're, the things is valuable. They're throwing it overboard because fear got into their life. And then they finally got so exacerbated that one of them went downstairs and asked Jesus, they said, do you do not, not care that we are about to perish? And, and nobody likes being woken up from their sleep. And Jesus says, oh, ye of little faith. Why did he why did he say you had little faith? Because I told you we was going to the other side. If I say we're going to the other side, what happens in between is irrelevant because what I promise is going to come to pass. And the other thing that I take from that story is that he had already given them authority back in Luke 2. He, he was like, why didn't y'all just tell the storm to stop? Instead of throwing your possessions overboard, you took what was valuable to you and threw it away. You, and that's what happens when ooh. we don't obey God. We take what's mm. valuable to mm. us and we throw it away. And then when, when we've thrown everything away, we turn and ask God, do you not care? Do you not care? So literally you throw your stuff away. You abandon the promise. 
us. You abandoned the power. You abandoned the authority. And then you say, God, don't you care that I'm here? He's like, oh, ye of little faith, use your faith. Say what I'm telling you to say. Do what I'm telling you to do and you will see what I said because I can't lie. What have you thrown overboard out of your life because you weren't abiding in Christ? Well, it reminds What have you forfeited? In Hebrews, it says, cast not away your confidence. Mm-hmm. Cast not away your confidence because it will give you a good reward. Mm-hmm. Don't cast away your confidence. See, understand that the enemy, he's strategic. He can't get you to follow him. He can't get you to give authority. He has to get you to abandon your authority. He gets you to abandon your mm-hmm. authority. He gets you to be reckless in your thinking. He gets you to be reckless in your mouth so he can steal, kill, and destroy. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus said, no, I've come that you might have life. What do I want you to do? I want you to use your faith. He says in Mark 11, it says that you could, he told them, he says, have the God kind of faith, have faith in God and have the God kind of faith, right? What happens if you have the God kind of faith? You will see what you say. You're going to see what you say. Say, this is my season. To see what I say. Mm-hmm. Well, the truth of it is, it's been your season it's to see what season. you say. Right. Your whole life, because that's how God designed you. You've been seeing what mm-hmm. you've been saying. Mm-hmm. You've been saying you stressed out. That's why you stressed yeah. out. You've been saying ain't no money. That's why you don't have no money. You've been saying that every year you get allergies. That's why you get allergies every year. What if you begin to say what God said? I am healthy. I am whole. I am at peace. I am abundantly provided for. My relationships are good. I hear God clearly. This is a thing that people say all the time. I can't hear from God. Do you know the more you say you can't hear from God, the harder it is Mm -hmm. to hear from God? Mm -hmm. You got to say what we telling you to say. Every believer has a blood bought right to hear from God. I hear God clearly. Mm -hmm. You about to go to Mark eleven? Well, I know I was just I was reading it again because when you when you mentioned it, I just thought so many times when we study Mark eleven, we talk about how those are the protocols of faith. Protocols. That, of faith. That when you look at Mark chapter eleven and you look at verse twenty three and twenty four, he well verse twenty two as well, he lays out here is the protocol or here are the here are, here's the prerequisite for what you need to be in faith. Mm-hmm. He literally says to them, he says, have faith in God. Faith and in and God. we know that that doesn't mean to believe in God. It means to believe like God believes, believe like to God have the believes. God kind of faith. He then says in verse 23, he says, for verily I say unto you that whatsoever, so that whatsoever shall say uh, unto this mountain, be thou removed. And here it is. And be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. So the protocol is when I say something, I got to believe it. When I, I can't doubt I it in my it. heart. He says, and, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. He then comes back in verse 24 and says, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, he says, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. The question is when? When I pray. When I pray. Not when I pray and I get to see it with my natural eyes. And that's what trips people up. He literally says to them, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray. He's, it's a comma there. He says, believe that you receive them, when? comma, and you shall have them. When? So, so he didn't even put it. He, he didn't say, wait till you see it. He says, when you pray, believe you receive them. 
When, when do you receive them? When you're praying. <laughs> so because, when I pray, I receive simultaneously. Because prayer is a petition. Yes. So when I go to God, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, it says, it says without faith, it is in Hebrews 11 and six. It says without faith, it's impossible to please God because when I come to God, I have to do two things, yep. a conjunction. I have to believe that God is and that, that he, he is, is a, a reward. rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yes. This is one of the biggest challenges in the body of Christ. People believe that God is. They don't believe he rewards those yep. who diligently seek him. And they don't believe that the reward comes when you pray for it. Yes. They believe it comes somewhere down the road if you happen to see it. If you happen to see it. So this position means that I get it. And I want to paint a picture for you. God will begin to talk to you. He'll talk to you either through scripture, through preaching, through your imagination. He'll begin to show you what he wants to do in your life. And then what he does is that he shows you what he wants to do in your life for one reason. He wants you to ask him mm -hmm. for it. He will show you living in another le a greater level of peace. He will show you, you yourself in a different financial bracket. He will show yeah. you in a different place because he wants you to ask him for it. But he the procedure of Christianity of the kingdom is you have to believe you receive when you pray. So it looks like this. I get a bad doctor's report, right? I don't believe that I am healed when the doctor comes back and changes his report. Right, right. I believe that I am healed when I go to God and ask God to honor his word regarding healing concerning me. Yeah. And, he, and, and Jesus didn't teach this out of obscurity. His disciples was with him days before. And if you read Mark 11, you'll find out that it says they came upon a fig tree and it was the time of season that it should have had figs on it, but it didn't have any figs on it. And Jesus said to the tree, he said, no man shall eat any more of you. Or and, and then the Bible says they kept going. The Bible says, and his disciples heard it. What did they hear? They heard Jesus speaking to a tree. Well, the next day they came back from the way they came and the tree had dried up from, from the, the roots. roots. And the people said, oh, my, the disciples were like, oh, my goodness. That Peter, look. Said it. Peter said, look at this. Oh, my goodness. The tree that you cursed, it has died. Jesus had no doubt that the tree would die because he said, no man shall eat of you again. So he knew that once he had said that, the tree was going to die. So when Jesus is talking to his disciples, he said, have faith in God, or in other words, have the God kind of faith. What is the God kind of faith? That I see it, I speak it, and I see it. Oh, that's good. I see it, I, I speak, speak it, it, then I see it. And, and, and Jesus saw that tree dead. He saw nobody ever partaking of it again. He then said what he saw. And 24 hours later, they came back and saw what they said, saw what he had said. Mm -hmm. I love this because this is what I love from this scripture. If you know anything about fig trees, and th this is one of the things I really appreciate that you taught me in the study of the word is that we always want to try to go get context to understand mm -hmm. why something. The, the reason Jesus cursed the fig tree is because a fig tree, not every tree, but specifically a fig tree should not have leaves and not have feet. Right. Jesus cursed it because it was pretending to be prosperous. Mm, mm. You need to begin to curse the things in your life that are pretending to be prosperous mm. so you can have the things that actually are prosperous. Mm. A, tr a fig tree was not supposed to have 
leaves if it did not also have fruit mm. he said you tricked me into believing you were prosperous and fruitful and you're not so i'm cursing you because you don't get to live because you're not fulfilling your purpose mm. there are things in your life you have to begin to curse because they are not living their god-given potential yeah. they're only pretending to be fruitful they're only trick you're you keep dating that person they're only tricking you that it's fruitful it ain't really no fruit on that tree mm. that job ain't really fruitful it ain't really no fruit on that tree you he says now what you begin to do is you begin to say you begin to look at things like god looks at things and you begin to command that the things that belong to you according to god come into your life so now i believe i receive when i pray so now when i'm praying for my business to increase i don't wait to this is the truth you know this to be true it's actually harder for me to celebrate when the money shows up because I have meditated on it so long that when the money shows up, it's like, yeah, it's anticlimactic. It's an that's it. It's anticlimactic. Because what happens is, and that's why I, I, you know, when I pray for something and it shows up, I don't go, oh my God, I can't believe God did. Well, then if you can't believe God did, you wasn't in faith. You wasn't in faith. Because it, 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 when the thing that God has promised actually shows up in the natural it's almost anticlimactic because you've seen it and lived it so long so practical example you have to see yourself healed even when your body's still racked with pain yep even when your doctors are still giving you a negative report you ought to be meditating on doing the things that you cannot do in the current situation so that when you start to do them and when your doctor agrees with you you kind of like we've been knew that right right Right. You you have to begin to see. I begin to see our marriage as good before it was actually good. Right. When it showed up as good, it was like I've been living right, here. Right. You gotta learn how to go. And people do and it. And there's all. joy because it's like, whoa, this is exactly what God. This said. is exactly. Well, sometimes what, this is better than what God said. This yes. is better than what He showed me. You know, yes. but 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 this idea of it being, oh my God, I can't believe it, should not be the life of a believer. Yes. Why? Because here's what you're gonna do. So for those, let's circle back. We're getting ready to wrap this series up. So those of you who are praying over your mind, here's what you need to do. You need to begin to meditate on what your mind will be like at peace. Mm -hmm. You need to begin to see yourself not freaking out. You need to begin to see yourself going through days without having episodes. You need to begin to see yourself not getting stressful and anxiety. You need to begin to walk yourself in your mind into situations that would normally freak you out and see yourself being calm, cool, and collected. You need to begin to see it so much that when you do it in the natural, you like, that's what God said. Mm -hmm. That's what God said. Really, the promises of God when they manifest should be like deja vu mm -hmm. you know anybody know anything about deja vu yep. when you when you have a moment of deja vu you like i did this before god wants it to be so real to you that when it shows up in your natural because your soul and spirit have already lived there you like we did this mm -hmm. before and it builds your confidence in what god said well, you know i was thinking about you know uh when we were first married and stuff, you know, and we, we haven't done it as much lately. We do a lot virtually now, but we used to love going to open houses. Mm -hmm. We would go to open houses. We would go see houses. We would go to different car lots when we went to another city where they had cars that we didn't have here in Northwest Arkansas. And we'd go look at those things, right? What did that do? It brought us exposure. 
It brought us exposure. And when you get exposed to something, the reality of it being available becomes more real. Mm -hmm. So what God mm -hmm. does is God will Ooh, make us a promise. On. He will show it to us. It is in our job to receive it and to experience it. Why? Because what it does, it brings us closer to it of the reality of it. And then what God does is God then brings it into our lives, so but he brings it into our lives. But because we've already lived in it, we're not so enamored by it that we place it above him. That's good. We don't no, place it above him because we're enamored by the house, but we're but, but we're not so enamored by it that we forget about him because we've lived in it before. I, I've lived in it before I ever got it. I drove it before I ever got it. I flew in it before I ever got it. I experienced it before I ever got it. And so now I'm doing it, but I'm remembering who made it possible. And that's why the thing never has me. He always has he me. He always has me. And then this is what I love. And then this is the beauty of it. So then even if I lose something, as long as I don't lose my imagination, you can't stop me from having it. And as long as I don't lose him, he can bring it back a hundred times if he needs to. So if he can, if, if when he shows it to me, if I can see it, if, this is what Elijah, Elisha wanted the anointing that was on Elijah and Elijah says something very important to him. He says, if you can see me when I leave, you can have yep. it. your ability to see in the spirit. That is the reason that is so important for you to tame your thoughts so you can bring your imagination into alignment with heaven. So I'm, I'm, let's I want to do this. So let's say God says to you, um, let, let's use money. Let's say God says to you, um, I want you to be the first kingdom millionaire in your family. Mm -hmm. Right. You don't sit down and say, how am I going to be a millionaire and start coming up with a plan? You start allowing your mind to dream. Mm -hmm. All right, God, when you say that, what did you mean? Show me what you can see. And you keep coming back to that place, sitting in that every single day until it goes from, oh, my God, I couldn't be a millionaire. Oh, my God, how could I be a millionaire to, oh, my God, I'm already a millionaire. Now I'm just working so y'all can see in the natural what I've already received yeah. in the spirit. The truth of it is, is that many people are trying to manifest in the natural what they've never manifested in their soul. You don't actually believe it's true. And if you, you got to see it, you got to see it, you got to say it, you got to see it. it. Yes. So you have to learn to sit. Put this in the comments, guys. You have to learn to sit with the promises of God. How Pastor Sean, prove it to me. When Abraham and Sarah could not have a kid. God takes Abraham yep. out and he gives Abraham a visual. He says, Abraham, you may not have a kid now, but if you can count this saying, that's how many kids you're going to have. He's giving him a visual. He's taking someone who in the natural doesn't have any kids and he's giving him a vision. So now every time Abraham comes out, he comes out of that tent to water the herd, to talk to his people, to walk around the land. And think about it. He tells him that in a desert, not a beach, in a beach, in a desert, he tells to Abraham, look around. See, God will give you visuals so that everywhere you look, you can see what he's trying to do. But many of us, we don't actually sit with the promises of God. Why? Because we get into performance. We get into willpower, how we're going to make this happen. God, what will my life, what would my life look like if I wasn't so stressed in my mind?
God, what would my body feel like if it wasn't racked with pain? God, what would a good marriage look like? Why? So we sit with the promises of God and we allow the Holy Spirit to begin to illuminate our imagination. And then we begin to take that and then we become what we behold. We become what we behold. And here's the thing. When you get fully persuaded, and this is how authority comes. If when we get fully persuaded, we were talking about you go to the bank sometimes. And um, if you want to take a certain amount of money out the bank, then sometimes the tellers who it's not their money will want to know why you want to take that much money, which is fascinating to me. Right. But the reality of it is, is that because I have power and authority over that money, I don't need your permission to take it out. I'm, listen, I don't need that. It ain't none of your business what I want to do with this ten thousand dollars. Run me my coins. When it begins to become that big, that 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 promise is deposited in your account. When the enemy tries to show up and tell you that you can't have it or question you about why you can't have it, you'll reject that. You'll throw it down. And that's what we want you to do. We want you to live in this place of your imagination being partnered with God. So when the enemy tries to tell you that you can't do something, you begin to speak the word. You begin to decree and declare. You begin to move forward because you are so fully persuaded that God keeps his word that you refuse to stay where you are when he's called you to someplace else. And the reality is we're just wanting you to practice this in the right direction. In the right you direction. You are hardwired because of sin to practice it in the wrong direction. In the wrong direction. We, 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 sadly, most people are proficient in doing exactly what you talked about. In the wrong direction. In the wrong direction. In the wrong so direction. So our job is to help you reprogram, to rethink, to recalibrate your mind so that you become as um, automated in doing it the right way, the right way as you've been automated in doing it the wrong way. I love what Chris said. She said, if you sit with the promises long enough, you'll recognize a counterfeit when it shows That's up. That's true. If you sit in with fact, the promise, uh, if you, if you ask anybody, and this is, I mean, this is known fact that if you work for the secret service, because people don't realize this, but part of the secret service, part of their job is to make sure that there's not counterfeit money out there. The way that they practice and train those officials is by making them study the real thing. Mm -hmm. They don't study counterfeits. All they do is spend their time studying actual hundred, twenty, and five and one dollar bills. They, they they study them intimately. Why? Because when you know what something is that's real, you 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 recognize something that's not very very quickly. If they were trying to if, if they were trying to get them to look at all the different counterfeits, they would never become proficient because there's so many different counterfeits. Only one real. Only real. Only one, only one real. real. Only one. So real. what they do is they spend their time focusing on what's real. Don't spend your time focusing on all that other stuff. Focus on the word, the one real. And you'll find out when everything else shows up, if it's a counterfeit or not. Don't spend your time focusing on the devil. Yeah. Don't spend your time Don't be focusing so on haters. Conscious. Don't be seeing conscious. Yeah. Focus on what God said. And if you, you will get so persuaded, you literally, every time we've looked in a, at a house, because I meditate, how I meditate on how God wants my family to live. When I walk in the house, yeah. literally, when I walk in the door, what do I say every time? This it. This is it because you will know it's like with women, you know, this you will go looking for a dress. 
You can see that dress in your imagination. You may not be able to articulate it yet, but you will go. And the salesperson may not be able to help you, but baby, when you see that dress, what do you say? You say, that's it. God wants you to be so sure about what he's saying that when you see it, you like, that's it right there. You just that's can't it. do it being word deficient. But you can't do it being you word deficient. You can't do it being and word you deficient. Can't, and you can't do it living on your feelings. Yep. Because your feelings are fickle. Yeah. We hope this blesses you. Man, we're getting ready. Listen, if you want to give your life to Jesus, because let me tell you something, that's the real starting place. Now I want y'all to hear me. You can work these principles. You can work these principles whether you know Jesus or not. And it's funny, me and Pastor Elm were talking about this the other day because I was talking to people, to someone who was talking to me about how they believe in the Christ consciousness, but they don't believe in Christ. And understand that that's exactly what um, exactly what John talks about when it says that you're trying to get into the gate, but you want to come illegally, right? Mm -hmm. Hear me. You can meditate and learn these principles and you can use these principles for health. You can use these principles for wealth. You can use these principles for um, wholeness um, and never know Christ. Mm -hmm. But what you cannot do is go to heaven without knowing Christ. And what would it profit you to gain the world and lose your soul? The starting point is to give your life to Jesus yes. and then use these principles so that your eternity and your natural look the same. Mm -hmm. If you want to accept Jesus as your personal savior or today you want to rededicate your life, um, then we want you to do that because there is nothing better than knowing Jesus. Nothing. There is nothing better than knowing Jesus. It there is the is beginning of prosperity. The beginning of knowing prosperity Jesus is, is the knowing beginning Jesus. Of prosperity. It is no, and we want you to know Jesus. And many of you, you may maybe you've been in a backslidden state, and at some point we probably all have been in a backslidden state. Fellowship of champions, you know what to put in the comments. Come home. Come home. And if you want to be a virtual partner, what does a virtual partner mean? Somebody messaged me. They say, does that mean we're a member? Yes, we don't have members at Fellowship of Champions. We have partners because we work together to change lives, to change each other and to change the world. Right. So if you want to be a partner, there's a link. You can um, fill out the link and then you'll get added to the private group. We are super excited. We got a goal of partners we want to reach this year. We want to reach the whole world. But we need you to come home come home and so um we um and then we want to make our faith declaration listen we've been making this offering confession but here's a great example when we make this confession you got to take this by faith yeah. you can't be hoping these things are you a tither are you a giver if you a tither and you a giver you qualify for this listen and this has been working because part of you know what we declare when we make this when we make this declaration about expenses decreasing, you know, in in the in, in it's only been what five. This is the early part of the fifth month uh, uh, of 2021, and you know, you were talking this morning when you did the pre message before the message about you know how the Lord blessed us that we went from having to pay twenty five hundred dollars a month in our insurance down to like fourteen hundred dollars. We 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 went through and, and got our house refinanced uh and, and praise God for that because we got a lower interest rate than what we had, which was a good interest rate, but we got a lower one. Uh we got to skip a month's payment and the and it's gonna be lower. So every any we take all wins. We take so all any wins. areas that we can decrease expenses and and and, incre and increase uh 
our income, we, we receive it. And so this is a, a wonderful confession. A wonderful we had stopped confession. making it for a while. Uh, publicly, we we kept making it, uh, but we we want to go back to doing that. You talked about ways to give. It's on the screen there. People can give via Givelify. You can give give via PushPay, via do it tithely, uh, or you can text to give at 833-969-0897. Listen, you want to be a giver. Uh, I, I know we don't spend a lot of time at FOC always talking about it uh, because we just we believe that if we teach you to love God, you can't you you. Being a giver is the last one of the last things we have to talk about. Uh, you get God in your heart. He, he, you start loving on God, and He's doing all for you. You want to give into the place where you're getting that word. Well, and not only that, not only do you want to give to God, but specifically you want to give to the church that's, to changing, the your that's changing your life. If you tell me that some, anything you love. You give money to. You yeah. tease me and Kana because once a month we go and buy Maggie toys that she tears up within three or four days. Mm -hmm. Why do we keep going and buy Maggie toys and spending our money? Because we love Maggie. Mm -hmm. You can't tell me you love this church and you don't ever give. Right. It's right. just you may be entertained by this church, right. but you don't love this church. And, and, and as, as Dr. Hilliard says, if if you do say you love this church and it's changing your life and you don't give to it, you shop. Then, mm -hmm. then basically, you shoplift. You shoplift. That's what Dr. Hilliard you said. You shoplift. Lift. You're over here eating off the buffet and didn't pay. Yep. But, you know, that's on you. That's on you. <laughs> so but listen. what I do want to do is I want to shout out our giving partners. Man, we have some giving partners in this church. Yeah. You do some amazing things. Let me tell you something. You will never know till you get to heaven. The people that you have put gas in their cars, the people you have kept their electricity on, the people, the people you, you have kept escape domestic violence, the that people seems you to be rising. Th that seems to be rising. Listen, you are helping people escape domestic violence. You are helping people keep rent, keep their cable on. You are helping people get their meds. You are paying for groceries. And let me tell you something. We're never going to tell you all of it, and we keep telling you this. The reason we don't tell you all of this is because if it was you, you may not. You may not want your name name across the screen that right. you got blessed. Right. Listen, we try to do a thorough job of investigating, but the one thing we believe is that once God has told us to release the money, that the harvest comes back because of our obedience. Because we're just stewards. It's not our money. It's not our we, money. We, we steward for God. And if God says to bless an individual with it, then that's what we do. We honor God. We honor the, the people who've given and we do what God says about that situation. And I really want you to know this because of your giving, and that's a good point. Two things that you have done that are huge to me is that you have helped people not be homeless yeah. and you have helped people escape domestic violence yeah. because a lot of people are needing to get out right now. And I got a message from somebody this morning that says we in our place and it is because of it's mm -hmm. because of what you did for us. And so we thank you guys for that. And we pray that even though you never know their names, that you will experience the harvest because yeah. of your faithfulness. Listen, we got amazing partners all over we this do. world. All, and we all appreciate world. you because we couldn't do this without you. We appreciate those of you who come to every service. We appreciate those of you who watch the replay. We appreciate those of you who share, those of you who pray, yep. those of you who give. We love our partners. Y'all are champions and we are glad to have you. And God says that he is un. Able, unable and unwilling and to unwilling do without a quick prompt to do giver. Watch this. Whose heart is, is in, in his giving. giving. He says he's unwilling to do. And I, that, it's the reason that when I give, I'm so excited I'm about so it excited because God is unwilling to do without. He's I want to know if there's anybody. Do you feel this way sometimes? Sometimes I'm excited to give 
because it's a new amount. It's so much more yeah. than I, yes. like when it's like, when I just used to dream. Now that's what Psalms 126 said. It was a dream. This thing you dreamed of doing, now you're doing. I want to say to those of you, if you'll be faithful, if you will keep dream, if you will keep dreaming and seeing and so on, one day you will do the things that were just in your imagination. I, that's what Biggie said too. It was all a dream. <laughs> that's right. Used to word up. And, uh, hold on. Listen, let's make our confession. Let's make our confession. All right. Make all our right. Confession. I want y'all to make this confession. I want you to put your faith in it. I want you to expect this is the year of release. Mm -hmm. Listen, we believe that whatever happens for us should happen for you, especially mm -hmm. if you do what we do. Pastor Edwin and I, we are tithers. We are givers. We look to sow every single day. As a result, in the month of April, we saw financial increase because we saw we saw financial increase and we saw decrease of experience. Expenses. Yes, we believe that every covenant partner has the same right to experience what we experience, and that's what we want you to experience. Yes. When you make your when confession you, today, yes. Yes. you need to expect this, and you yes. need to look for it. Let's go, dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father, as we, as disciples of the Living God, as disciples of the Living God, we honor you today. We honor you today by giving our tithes, by giving our tithes, offerings, offerings, and gifts, and gifts to be used to be used in the fulfilling in the fulfilling of the great commission of the great commission in return in return for our cheerful obedience of our cheerful obedience we are believing you for we are believing you for jobs jobs and better jobs and better jobs raises raises and bonuses and bonuses benefits benefits sales and commissions sales and commissions favorable settlements favorable settlements estates and inheritance estates and inheritance interest and income interest and income rebates and returns rebates and returns Big, Big checks, checks in, in the mail. mail. Uh, gifts and surprises. Gifts and surprises. Finding money. Finding money. Debts paid off. Debts paid off. Expenses decrease. Expenses decrease. Blessing and increase. Blessings and increase. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That as I join my value system to that yours. As I join my value system to yours. You will shower favor. You will shower favor. Blessings. Blessings. And increase. And increase. Upon me. Upon me. So that I have more than enough. So that I have more than enough. To give it to the kingdom of to God. To give it to the kingdom of God. And promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ. Promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want you to Amen. expect that this week. Amen. Listen, come to um all the announcements. Yep. Come to them. Monday, Get your kids Tuesday, involved. Wednesday, Thursday. Get your Friday, kids involved. Sunday. Listen, <laughs> if you gave your life to the Lord today, send us a message. If you rededicated your life to the Lord, get send us a message. If you decided to be a partner, give um, send us a message. We're believing for your increase. And listen, somebody just put it in the comments, Shavandra, a five to one year. This is a five to one year. I'm proof of it. This is a five to one year that what you used to do in five years, you're going to do in one year. And some of you, what it took you five years to do, you're going to do in a day. That is our declaration. Over Listen, here. we got a message this week. Remember, I don't know where we were going, but we got a message this week that came through uh, about the lady who was saying how different it is that she's paying her tithe now. Yes. Uh, um, I don't remember all the, I mean, in essence, what she said was, you know, I made the decision to be a tither again. And tithing into your ministry, it felt so different this time. I was so excited to give this time. She said, I'm already seeing the results of it. I've been blessed with more than I gave the last week. Yes. And I, she just, I, I remember the joy of her saying it felt different. It, it felt didn't feel different. like an obligation. Not an obligation. And tithing and offering shouldn't feel like an obligation. It should be a joy because it's part of ministry. Yeah. And I just remember she sent that this week. We get so many testimonies every week. And if you have a testimony and you haven't sent it, we love it reading us, them. Send it. We yeah, love we reading testimonies. Remember to stay safe. Keep your mask on when you go out. Um, take care of yourself. Um, love your people. Stay in the word. Have a good week. And remember those of you who are taking authority over your mind, you have a right to a stable mind. You have the mind of Christ. Amen. Y'all have a good week. God bless y'all.